this is just a way for us to kind of break down and um, come to an in, in intimate atmosphere and um, just worship together as one, worship together in unity. And we always say, whatever you have to do today just to reach God, to, f to find God in, in your special place today, do that with us. And I encourage you just to, to sing with us today and uh, to, to go into a deeper place with God today. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll go ahead and get started. God, I just I thank you for today. God, I thank you for what you're going to do today. I, I just i am so grateful, God, just for who you are. God, I just, I worship you with my whole being today, with everything that I am. I am just all for you today. God, I pray that your spirit would just be here. We invite you into this time. We invite you into this service, God. Just let your spirit uh, abide in our praises today, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for your son. We love you. Praise you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Let's go ahead and start this morning.
give him some praise today. God, we just thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We've just come to give you praise today, God. There is no one like you, God. Our whole world is in your hands. We just love you today, God. No matter what happens, God. Give you all the praise, God. All the glory and all the thanks. Come on, let's sing.
in this place.
place God Obviously, you know, life hits and we, we go through things as a family. And uh, here we, we like to consider ourselves family here as a church, as the body of Christ. And so I just want to, um, I want to know, I want to know what's going on in our lives. Um, we can't get to everyone, but there's just so much going on in, in, in my life and, and, and in people's lives this morning as we, we circled up in the church just feel the need to, uh, need to pray. So if there's something that you're going through, someone's going through a sickness in your family or just a need um, that you have, would you just raise your hand and everybody can look around. I want everyone to look around because we're, like I said, we're family here. And um, if there's somebody that's raising their hand, can we just surround everyone? Just walk around and I want you to touch them, put your hand on their shoulder. We're going to pray right now. We're going to believe together these things. There's just so much going on. Um, and I feel like this is the time that we need to come together and pray. Just just be in agreement as I uh, as I pray. Pray, pray for the person, let them hear your voice. Dear Heavenly Father God, I lift up this place to you, Father God. I lift up our people. God, I lift up the situations that I don't even understand. I don't know, Father God. But we pray for your, your presence to be known in our lives, God, and that you would just begin to heal and touch our lives, God. 
the needs, the unspoken needs, maybe people didn't even raise their hands, God, you see those. And God, I lift those up to you right now. We come to you, God, knowing that you are great and that you can do anything, God. So we ask that your will would be done in our lives, God. We believe and we stand in the gap for the people that weren't able to make it here or that, that, uh, that just didn't speak of their needs, God. And we lift them up to you right now, Father God. Every sickness, every... every uh, body that's in pain, Father God, every marriage that's on the verge, God, <laughs> every situation, God, the temptations that we face every single day, Father God, we lift these things up to you, God, <laughs> we come against them in your name and in your power, God, knowing that you are greater and that you can do mighty things in our lives, God, God, we just thank you, God, for this life, we lift up every single burden, God, it gets heavy. And God, I just pray that you would just continue to walk us through. Give us the strength. God, give us peace in the situations that we're going through. God, to know that everything's going to be all right. We come against the spirit of cancer, Father God. We lift it up to you right now. We claim healing, Father God, in your name. Father God, the marriages, Father God, I pray that you would just continue to mend the hearts of the hurting, Father God. Give us the words to speak life into our loved ones, our family. God, I just thank you, Father God. I ask that you would move in our lives. And that right now, Father God, as family, that we just hear these words and we don't just pray these these things god we believe god but it's a time for action god so we come to you right now father god we thank you walking and making your way back to your seats say hey to somebody actually I'm going to say hey I haven't met this guy right here so I'm going to meet him so get somebody's name Hill City family, how are we doing today? <clears throat> uh, my name is Tino, obviously. Um, John and Kenneth, they're not here right now, and there are there are our pastors, our campus pastors, our leaders. Um, they're on a, uh, a, a vacation, a family vacation. I was trying to think of some crazy good word to make myself sound smart, but um, I'm just I'm so happy that they got to get away and uh, just be with their be with them themselves have have their own time you know we all need that even with just work you guys can all relate um <laughs> but um we miss them we can't wait for them to get back um i got a i think one announcement before um we bring up offering of the marriage retreat it's going to be may 19th through the 20th um today is the last day to register um 
Uh, it's going to be in Winter Park. Super exciting. I've never been, but I can tell you that um, I absolutely love the Vargas and what they do. The Vargas family, Christina and Bobby, and uh, just really excited for what's, what God's placed in their heart to share with you guys about marriage and um, just some, some tools that you can gain from, uh, from going to the retreat. And then, and then also getting away, it's Winter Park, right? Um, <laughs> so last day is today. You can register online on the Hill City app. We have an app in case you didn't know. Um, and you can also speak to Christina and Bobby Vargas. That's Bobby. Christina sitting down. Um, you can talk to them afterwards too. So um, yeah, that's, that's all I got. I got one announcement. Um, Paul's going to be speaking today about <laughs> fear not. Um, and I kind of, I talked to him um, before service and this is something that we do back in California, churches I grew up, you know, a lot of times we just have a um, someone who just wants to share their heart. So I'm going to bring my friend up, uh, Sandra. She, she connects with my grandma a lot, so I know if, if we didn't, my grandma would be slapping me in my head and didn't let her come up. She's just going to share something from her heart. you're going to be speaking on today. I guess that's right what the Lord wanted me to say. This, this is the second time it's happened to me. But fear not, for God loves all you. And as I came in here, I could tell a lot of us have fears in our lives for every day that we do things and we're not sure of what we want to do. The youth, when we get teenagers, when we become a little older and then older like me, daughter keeps saying I'm an old old lady and I says yeah well I know but I'm still moving and I'm still going strong and I've been doing so many things in my church and I and the other things I'm doing but I'll say this to you the enemy is out there and he's trying to get you and your children he'll use your children to put fear in you he'll use anything he can to come at you my daughter just had an accident two weeks ago and she could be dead right now, but for the fact that I pray over her, just like Tino's mother, grandmother, she prays over her, all her kids. I pray over all my kids to cover them. And if it wasn't for that, I don't think my daughter would be here today. But I, I've had the enemy attack me many times. And my mother told me one day when we first moved back to Cal Southern California, she said, I was telling her about things that were going on crazy. We couldn't understand it. And that night, my daughter, my mom says that she saw some weird um, shadows on the wall and it scared her. And she says she bleeded the blood of Jesus. And I told her, well, mom, I couldn't sleep that night. She says, tonight, she says, plead the blood of Jesus and it will flee. So I'm going to tell you, I pleaded the blood of Jesus. Let me tell you, I sat in that bed shaking so hard because this was warm weather. My my um, curtains went flying out. I'm sitting there watching the curtains as they go out, and you know your eyes get big, and you're watching this, and all of a sudden, I hear my front door go bang. And I did not move out of my bed for a while because it scared me. And 
fear can get you. But I sat there just shaking like, okay, I'm going to sit here a while. I'm going to see what's going on. After a while, I did get up. I went and looked at the door. There is a lock on my door. It wasn't open or anything. I said, praise God. I said, my mom told me something I could battle the enemy with. And the enemy has done everything he could to take me out. Today, I should be dead. I almost died of pancreatitis. I almost left my children orphans. Then I had a bad car accident and coming to Colorado to bring my oldest granddaughter. I, all my grandkids and all of us could be dead. And at the moment that we went turning over, I says, Lord, God, put it all on me. But save my grandchildren. Be aware that whatever you say at that moment to God, he will follow your wishes, but he does more than that little bit. He brought me through, but he put all of it on me, on my body. And I was, as I was in there, I felt like uh, I could hear a flutter of angels while, while I was in rehab. When I was in the hospital, there was a young lady who had just accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior. For that one sheep that Jesus tells about in the Bible, that one sheep, he had me put me in that hospital for her. She said, I'm thinking about not going back to that church again. And a couple of days she came back. She says, I changed my mind. I'm staying there because I told her. I says, God is wonderful. He will take you and bring you through. She looked at me. She said, but look at you. I says, yeah, look at me. I says, what I told God to do was save my grandchildren. And he could take me. I was ready to go. I'm still here. I'm living proof of what God can do. I may be injured and I may look like somebody beat them, beat me to death, but I was still here. So what's the difference? I'm still alive. I'm breathing. And God has shown me who I, I'm supposed to be. I'm a soldier of God. I want to tell you, he showed me a dream of who I am with the, with the, the armor of God and he showed me with the so I'm the soldier ahead of you, the one who's going to lead it. And I thought, wow, that really sent me into a spin. I'm going to do all that. But remember, whatever God sends you to do, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just ask God for the strength to do it. He'll carry you through. Thank you, Sandra, for your testimony. Um, something that we can always relate with, right? We just uh, we all we all continue to go through things and life hits us, and fear not. And, I'll, and I'm not going to say anything else because taking Paul's thunder. But um, Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, God, for this time, God, that we get to come together as family. Today, I pray that you speak to our hearts, God, in the areas where we're scared or we're fearful. To know that you have a plan and you have it under control. We put our faith and our trust in you, God. We love you and we thank you. And um, we're just prepared to receive from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ushers, you guys can come forward and pass around.
the cool little black sax. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Good. Sandra, thank you. And I'm, I'm a big tennis guy, so I like the tennis balls at the bottom of your uh, thing there. <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, I'm going to speak today. Um, I don't know how God works sometimes, honestly, and I'm not a very, uh, I'm not a very, uh, what do you call, superstitious person. Anybody with me? Anybody not superstitious? Everyone in here is super, 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 that's really hard to say. Super superstitious. But this morning, a couple things, I said, I don't know who to open this for this morning. I've never asked Tino uh, once to open up service. And so I said, I don't know who to open up. So I sent him a text, and my wife says, five seconds later, why don't you ask Tino? Um, and then Tino's here, and Sandra's here, who's a friend with his, you're a friend with his grandma from California. My wife's from Southern California, so. Um, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> but I just believe that I'm going to talk today about fear and not being afraid, but Sandra's been through this, and I love speaking from reality, from experience from making it through so thank you um, and I hope I do justice a little bit um, as I talk today uh, how's everyone good morning I want to say good morning again say good morning all right um, I get to talk about fear this morning fun huh everyone's like yeah fear it sucks uh, but welcome to Hill City Church if this is your first time welcome uh, we love having new guests welcome to our circle uh, our family atmosphere, we really like to talk and break down, um, really be a family at Hill City Church. Uh, as as uh, Tino said, John and Candace are gone at the, uh, having a rough time at Disneyland. Uh, I, I found it at Disneyland is either a love or hate. Who loves Disneyland? So the rest of you hate it? <laughs> no, I, I just found that there's people who really love it. My wife and I love Disney World, we love Disneyland, but other people are like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till it's over. It's almost like a, a have to, to do it. Um, can you guys repeat for me though? I'm gonna go into right off Sandra was saying, can you guys, if you feel comfortable, can you repeat this prayer after me? Even Mike Billman with the go fast. Can you guys repeat this? Sorry to call you out, bro. Say this with me and don't say it like kind of pathetically, but give me some Hill City Church like energy, okay? All right, say this. I need you now, Lord. That was pretty good. But that was like the Raiders, like, you know, falling a little bit short in the, uh... like, that was like, come on, let's be like Bronco fans here, right? It's okay, it's okay. I like, I like Carr. He's good, all right? I'm just kidding. I need you now, Lord. I'm filled with stress and anxiety. I invite you to come into my turmoil and take these heavy burdens from me. Keep it up. I have reached the end of myself with nowhere else to turn. One by one, I consider each burden now and lay them down at your feet. Please carry them for me so that I don't have to. All right, here it is. We're going to say this now. We're going to say it later too. Holy Spirit, this is good. Fill me to the depths with a heavenly calm. It's like what you were saying, Sandra. Flood my soul with your presence. Let me rest in knowing that you, God, are here and in control. No danger can touch me. 
There's nowhere I can go that you are not there already. Teach me how to trust in you completely. Amen. God, I pray that this morning we take, make it less about us and that fear and being afraid would go away, God, and that we trust, on, trust in you fully, God. It's not just words that we say, God, that we proclaim this through this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Who would identify, if you're bold enough, who would identify themselves as a fearful person? I know it's like, you want to say that. You're like fearful of raising your hand, right? <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. I'm scared. I'm even... Uh, does anybody have these books at home for their kids? They're, uh, they're like Mr. Mr. Nonsense, Mr. Brave, Mr. Cheerful, Mr. Lazy. They're all in the back here. That's why I'm reading these. Um, I like Mr. Noisy. Uh, Mr. Uppity. He's a good one. Uh, Mr. Sneeze. He just sneezes all the time. So this guy is Mr. Worry, and he's funny. He, uh, he worries about everything. At the end of the book, he, gets, he finally gets converted to be happy, and then he's worried that he has nothing to worry about. So it's like he's just a constant worrier. And it just it made me laugh that uh, that's what it is. Uh, so I did some Googling. So today we're going to talk about Fear Not, his invitation to trust. I did a quick a little bit of Googling or binging or Yahoo searching, whatever you want to call it, on the top 10 fears. So number 10, uh, I'm going to go from 10 to 9 real quick. Number one, or number 10 rather, is the dentist. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Really embarrassing story. Oh, real quick, do you guys know, this is a total tangent, sorry. You know Winter Park? Do you guys know that's owned by the city of Denver? So Winter Park, I learned this because I went to a city council meeting. They have City Park in Denver. And years ago, they established Winter Park up in, uh, up in the mountains. So the city of Winter Park and the ski resort is owned by Denver. There you go. I'm done. See you later. All right. That's all I got. No. Number two, dogs. I don't know. If, you're, if you've been bitten by a dog, you're probably scared, right? I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a little bit. I've been bitten by a dog, and any, even the smallest dogs scare me. Uh, well, not really, but in a sense. A, a frightful flight. Anybody scared of flying? Monica, thank you. I know my mom is. Um, here's the crazy thing. You know what the odds of dying in a car accident are? 5,000, one in 5,000. The odds of dying in a plane? One in 11 million. So by driving over here, I won't look at my mom. <laughs> you all should be really scared driving compared to flying. But we don't look at it rationally. Thunder and lightning, that's a scary one, you know? And the chance of dying in lightning is just really low too. You probably get you know, many more things you die of. I remember being on a backpacking trip once and I was coming down from a pass and it was above tree line and I'm watching lightning strike below me down by a lake. That was scary. I know Mark, we've been on some lightning strikes. The dark, just scared of the dark? I don't know. Heights, Any, anybody scared of heights around here? Yeah, some height people. John O, our, our pastor, he's scared of heights. You can give him joke around with him next time. Uh, other people, or social phobia. <laughs> so people are just scared of people. Um, what I'm doing right now, public speaking, anybody want to do this? <laughs> no, God, that would be the worst thing ever. Uh, sp scary spaces, creepy crawlies. I don't know what a creepy crawly is, but that's what the blog said. So. And number, yeah, spiders, exactly. And the number one thing that people are scared, at least on this, was, put it up, well, Snakes. I know, exactly. I'm a wimp. 
I'm a wimp. One time a gardener snake got into our house when I was a kid. I am such a wimp. <laughs> this little garden, you don't care about snakes at all. Little gar- I'm like, my mom and I are looking at it. We're like, what do we do? So I got a shovel and just like, it's okay, there's more of them around. My mom had a huge bull snake in her yard. Like, bull snakes are a little bit, I mean, a gardener snake, come on, that's pretty pathetic. I was scared of that. But, uh, but he did, the, the snake did, here's another one thing. The snake did crawl one time in between the screen door and the, the window or the glass door. And we opened up the curtain and there's a snake suspended in midair. Do you remember that? And it was like, ah! <laughs> it's coming after us. So my goal today, though, we all have fears, right? It's part of being human. My goal today is not to talk about when you leave this place, you should have no fear, right? That's not my goal, because that's actually not what the Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't even talk about, actually, the Bible talks about a lot of fear. Um, but Jesus taught in a different way, so I'm going to talk about that. I'm excited to do it. And uh, so here's what Jesus, his fir- one, of his first, one of his first things he told his disciples, these 12 dudes that were following around when Jesus was on earth. All right, if you're new to church and everything, there's a guy named Jesus, and these 12 dudes were following around. They called him the disciples, so I'm going to talk about that today. And... He taught them one of his first things was, fear not. Or as Sandra said, you didn't steal my sermon, you like really made it great. So he said, don't be afraid. All right, so fear not. If you can put that up there, Claire. Fear not or don't be afraid. All right, and that's what I'm going to talk to you guys about today. I need to put a disclaimer, though, out, and I told this to the team. I don't want this. uh, this I'm going to speak pretty boldly for the next 30 minutes about fear. But uh, Paul helped me a little bit on a, on a post that he put on Facebook about going through war and a poem he wrote. And I want to be very clear that I am sensitive to what people are going through here this morning, of what you just talked about, Sandra, what some people have just had surgery this week and at the hospital, some other people who um, are, are still with cancer. I have cancer in my family's uh, friends' lives. There are some serious situations, and Paul going through war and talking about true fear so I, I need to qualify it a little bit that um, I do not want to be insensitive to what people are going through. Do you guys get me? So there's real life stuff that's happening in your life. And I don't want to discount that and just say, hey, no fear. Be, don't be afraid. Just be happy. God's got it. You know? um, so, but I also want to challenge us that Jesus put his, his disciples were going through some pretty intense situations. And I'll talk a little bit about what they went through in the other church. And they were not fearful. And so I want us to, not about what Paul's saying today or Hill City Church, but what does the Bible talk about fear, what we should fear and what we should not fear. Amen? And my sister helped me yesterday. Um, I want to say this too. As Hill City Church, we are here for you in every way that we can be as we try to demonstrate being a family. And so if you're going through something and if you need prayer, just like Tino brought up the team, uh, please reach out to us. We are here um, and we will meet the need as much as we possibly can. Um, in these moments. So let us be the church in that same place. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. All right. Open your Bibles to Matthew 10, 28, and we'll get started. I put in a note, can I get a celebration? I didn't have to. All right. Let's do it again. Matthew 10, 28. Um, my sister is visiting us from Florida. She's right here. So thank you, Sheila, for coming. Uh, she might look a little bit like me. Well, we are, yeah, we're not that alike, but she is from Colorado. She just, she decided to move to Tallahassee and, um, we're praying for you and your family. 
You're like, yeah, it's Florida. Um, Matthew 10, 28, do not be afraid of those. Here's Jesus talking to his disciples. First thing, Sandra, like you said, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. So we're talking about, does any of you in here have the ability to kill the soul? All right. That's what he's talking about. Don't be afraid of man. Don't be afraid of snakes. <laughs> Don't be afraid of cars. Don't be afraid of the dark. They can't kill the soul. All right? Um, but be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And this is that healthy fear of God, that healthy fear of, of that decision that God can absolutely impact the soul. Okay, so this is where I'm saying, God's not saying, don't be fearful at all. Be afraid of the things that God is involved in. Don't be afraid of things where man can kill. All right? And I'm going to come back to this. Uh, so the disciples at this point, are, they're listening to him. They're a little bit, they're a little bit confused because they're like, wait, you're telling me to fear something, but don't fear these other things? So I'm a little bit confused. So I'm going to go back to where uh, the, the storm of, uh, sorry, the storm, the story where they're in the storm of the Sea of Galilee. All right. Some of you may not know what the story is. But uh, go back to now Matthew 8.23. So the reason I say that is because this is a couple chapters later when he's telling them this. And if you go back a couple um, pre uh, chapters before that, he's talking about walking uh, the, the storm. So Jesus had just been speaking to the crowd, similar to this. Uh, but Jesus was a much more bigger deal than I am right now. So he's probably speaking to a couple thousand people, uh, not a couple hundred. But afterwards, I'm going to be pretty tired. You know, Jason, I'm going to be a little bit exhausted. I'm going to say, I need to go out. I need to... I need a breather. And so I'm going to get in my car, and I'm going to go home and be with my kids, because that'll be really restful. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm going to go to probably Starbucks or something. So instead of that, Jesus is on the, literally on the shore like this, and there's nowhere else to go. There's a huge crowd of people. So he says, guys, disciples, let's get in the boat, all right? Because the Sea of Galilee is right there. So he gets in the Sea of Galilee, um, and, he, and he says, uh, he got in the boat, and his disciples followed him. Um, so... Uh, say, and he says, let's go to the other side. Say, go to the other side. Oh, that was good. Uh, so suddenly, they're on the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee, if you know anything about the Sea of Galilee, it's about seven miles wide, and I think it's seven miles wide and 14 miles long. I don't know if there's a lake that size in Colorado. But it's in this, it's actually 680 feet below sea level. So just like the Dead Sea, it's actually, it's like New Orleans, it's below sea level. So when you're thinking of that, you, they're in a kind of a, uh, a bowl, and uh, what happens is these storms come out of nowhere, and they could be completely sunny or, cl or, or cloudy, whatever, and then, whoom, these winds come in. So that when they went out on the boat, it wasn't like just like, hey, there's a huge storm. Let's do it, guys. Let's get out there. It was calm and everything. But you go out, and this big storm comes on, this, uh, on the Sea of Galilee. All right, so suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves, and not just a, a furious storm, but it was so bad that the waves were actually coming over the side of the boat. Has anybody been in a boat where the waves come over? It's pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome. So, I go to a place, who's heard of Lake McConaughey? I'm going to stop asking questions, Paul. Too many questions. Um, Lake McConaughey is a place that is very near and dear to my family's life. Um, and I'm trying to bring other people up there. So it's a beautiful oasis in southwest Nebraska. Is there anything good in Nebraska? Sorry, Lindsay. No. Anybody else in Nebraska? Right? Okay. I was just kidding. There is a good stuff in McConaughey. But, uh, so Lake McConaughey is this beautiful lake in the southwest corner of Nebraska. And there it is. And it's gorgeous. Like 22 miles long. Have you guys been to McConaughey? You live right by it. Oh. 
you've driven by, by Ogallala. So there's a city called Ogallala, which is the, uh, the turnoff. And this is what McConaughey looks like many, many nights in the summer. It is beautiful. It's built on natural sand dunes. If you're looking for a beach, the closest thing to a beach that I can think of is McConaughey. It's three hours away. Uh, so you can camp right on the water. It is absolutely gorgeous. So many good memories. Uh, but there are times where it is Nebraska, and do you ever look at the news and you watch the weather and you see these storms from Colorado? You know where they go? Right up Lake McConaughey. <laughs> they go northeast through Colorado and they slam into this lake. Uh, and so the next slide is this, this is what McConaughey can actually look like many nights, if you can see those pictures. And those aren't exaggerations. These funky, terrifying clouds that come over the lake and they, they transform the lake into this beautiful, serene uh, sort of oasis to kind of like a hurricane zone. And I'm not exaggerating. Like, if you've been through these 80, 90, 100 mile per hour winds um, that raise these, um, these, uh, these waves up. So there's many times where we see these storms coming and you kind of like, you adjust to it and get over it. There's many times though we don't have time and I'm not talking like you have a half hour, an hour. There are sometimes these storms come up within five, ten minutes. And if your boat is on the lake, you have to go get it, because if it's just anchored by sand, if you don't go get it and get out of the water, your boat's going to crash into the dam, which is a bunch of rocks. So what we do is we see these storms coming. My stepdad right here, he goes and gets the truck, and I get in the, the, the boat, and we go out to dock the boat, because we can't just pull it up on the sand. We have to go to a boat ramp. Uh, there's a reason I'm saying this. And uh, that, that's a little dramatic, that top right picture. <laughs> That's not quite us. But my, my friend and I, Chris, we go out on the boat to, to dock it, and we're out on the boat, and this wind just keeps coming up. There's lightning crashing everywhere, and I'm doing everything in my power to keep this boat uh, the, uh, towards the waves. Because if I do it sideways, we literally may tip over. All right? So I'm just holding it tight, trying to keep it uh, straight, right at the waves. And, and ultimately, I'm doing, I'm doing an okay job, uh, but the waves start pumping over the top of the boat. I start to get a little concerned. <laughs> There's water coming over the boat, and I don't, it's not like the cartoons where you just get a bucket, and you're like, oh, it's okay. You know, we're out there, and it's starting to come over, and I'm getting concerned, all right? This is basically, and I'm gonna come back to this story, but I've been through this situation many times with my family, of this, this moment of, oh my gosh, these waves went from very serene to six, seven-foot swells on a lake. And so suddenly, let me get back to the scripture, suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But guess what? What was Jesus doing? He was sleeping. And I love one of the scriptures that he was sleeping on a cushion in one of the, the translations. So Jesus is sitting there sleeping. Like, what? And, and so um, I don't think Jesus was really sleeping. Any parents in here on a Saturday morning, you're trying to sleep in, your kids walk in, and they're like, shh, dad's sleeping. And you're like, there's no way I'm sleeping. You're sitting on me, you know? And they're like, don't wake him up. You know, you're just trying to sit there sleeping. I, I don't know this for sure, but I, I kind of feel it's what Jesus is doing. He's kind of like seeing how they respond, right, in this moment. Uh, so, and then many of us times, I just, I feel like some of us have had this experience where there's a storm and you, you look at Jesus or God and you ask him and you feel like he's sleeping. Does anybody feel that way? Well, the, the disciples actually literally we're going through something and saw Jesus sleeping. And so he replied, he wakes up, and he says, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? And then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. 
Imagine Jesus woke up and be like, oh my gosh, you're right. This, this is going to be disastrous. We are going to tip over. That would completely change the narrative, right? But he gets up, he says, why are you so afraid? And he calms the waves. And the men, asked, the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Well, what kind of man is this? The only man, I don't know, Superman? <laughs> um, what other kind of man could do that, right? To actually calm the waves. So in the book of Mark, which is another one of the Gospels, where this same story is, I love how Mark says it because he says, at this moment, the disciples feared a great, a, they feared a great fear, which means they were afraid of the ocean, right? They were afraid of the waves coming over and the storm. But in that moment, all of a sudden, they were with this guy in their boat who just told the waves to stop. And in that moment, they shifted from this fear of, of what man can do to them or storms to holy cow i am fearing this man right here are you guys following me they feared an even greater fear um the one that they should fear back to 10:28 when i started when he says the one the things you should fear is the one who can impact your soul don't fear about the one that can kill the body but fear the one that controls your ultimate destiny and soul. I'm going to switch mics. Check, check. All right. So soon after this moment, uh, there's a, they go on to uh, the, the, the feeding of the, uh, uh, sorry, the feeding of the 5,000. If you're familiar with this story, the disciples feed the, uh, feed the 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and just two fish. And in this moment, remember they come out of this moment with the boat, they're kind of energized, and then they, they feed all these 5,000, they're feeling pretty jazzed, they're feeling pretty good. Like, man, I was part of that. You know, I was part of that miracle. I was part of like what God just did with it. We just, we got to do that. And then right after that, just like when he was preaching earlier, he said to get in the boat, in Matthew 14, 22, it says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Um, do you know why Jesus makes them get into the boat? Probably because of what they just experienced a few days earlier, <laughs> which was pretty traumatic. Uh, if you think of, hey, I was just in this boat, it was pretty traumatic. Um, and they're kind of like, we don't get into boats with you. Anybody feel like that? Like, I'm not getting a boat with this guy anymore. That was, a, that was pretty disastrous last time. Even though he calmed the waves, uh, I'm not getting in. But in a, in a, in a, in a moment of, submit, of, of obedience, uh, he, they got into the boat. And then it goes on. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. So he gets them in the boat. They go across the ocean, or sorry, the, the Sea of Galilee, and he just goes up to the mountains to pray. I love this. Uh, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat, he could see the boat. The boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So they're sitting there. When they say buffeted against the wind, it means they're kind of going right at the wind, trying to get to the other side. So they're rowing in place doing their best to obey Jesus. And by most biblical accounts, they believe that the disciples were out on the lake most of the night. So he sends them out there after the feeding of the 5,000. They're out there rowing, 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 rowing. And they're worn out, tired, and soaking wet. They were all out there all night trying to obey Jesus. So shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him, I was going to joke a little bit and get like some uh, water and put it on the ground and then walk on water? No? Okay. <laughs> Joe's mom's like, don't do that. All right. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. Again, they're terrified. Remember, we talked about do not fear, don't be afraid. They're fearful again. 
you could see Jesus coming out and just saying, guys, you're, you're failing again. I've asked you, like, don't be afraid. Do not fear. But he says this. He says, take courage. It is I. And he does say it. I'm still trying to teach you a lesson. Don't be afraid. He says it again. Don't be afraid. So here's the lesson. You don't have to be afraid even when there's something to be afraid of. You don't have to be afraid even when there's something to be afraid of. I'm going to say it again. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Can you guys say this with me and say, make it personal? Um, this may, I know I'm asking you to repeat again. Say, say this. Say, I, let's do it with me. I don't have to be afraid. Let's start over. That was terrible. Can we get a metronome? I don't, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't have to be afraid even when there's something to be afraid of. So even on earth, when Jesus is teaching this message, the disciples, unfortunately, you would think they would get it at this point, right? They're with Jesus. He calms the storm. He walks on water, all these things. And he says, don't be afraid. Do not fear. Don't be afraid. He, they still don't get it. It's amazing. You would think after all of those, those tangible miracles and that those near encounters with death, and being obedient, that they would say, I'm not afraid anymore. They still don't get it. But you know what? So here's what they did. They did not learn the lesson. They denied over the, over the coming weeks and months. They denied, if you know about the, uh, the, the crucifixion of Jesus. Where were the disciples? Were they right there with him? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, jeez. Sorry. They denied. They lied. They hid. They didn't even show up at his funeral. So you would think this man, this man that they loved, they would be around. But they, they, they just, they weren't around. They were still afraid. They were still afraid that, oh, this guy, Jesus is getting crucified. I got to run. I got to bail. They were afraid and they were very fearful. But then after the gospels, after the resurrection, everything changed. Everything changed. Kind of what Sandra was talking about. I don't sense a lot of fear in Sandra. I feel that as you go through, and they went through, and they, they, they witnessed this, uh, the resurrection of God, that's when everything changed for them. God conquered death, and after that, their fear completely went away. All those messages, all those things sort of culminated in the resurrection of Jesus. And I feel like as Christians, do we celebrate that as well? And I'm going to close with this a little bit, but man, that's where, that's where it's all about. But Marcus, uh, who's seen, you guys like the movie Gladiator? loved it. <laughs> I love it. So Marcus Aurelius was the, uh, he was the, this, the Roman uh, uh, emperor of uh, the Roman Empire at the time. And this is during 160 and 180 AD. And during this time, he, he seemed like a pretty like lovable dude. Remember Commodus killed him? Um, he kind of choked him to death. It was a little, little intense. But he seemed kind of like, oh, he's a good, I'm sorry, I was a bad father to you, Maximus or Commodore. And he seemed like kind of an endearing guy. But he actually oversaw the, one of the fourth, uh, uh, the fourth wave of Christian persecution in the Roman Empire during that time. And they were killing a lot of people. But they were specifically not just killing Christians, but persecuting and torturing them to death. And, and what was happening there, this is the Christians in the beginning times. Okay, you got to keep in mind, we all have Bibles, right? And now you get a Bible on your phone, you can probably get it on your watch. I don't know. We don't, we're not starving for the Word. But during this, these times, they were just getting, they had the, the Old Testament, but Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote much of that, didn't even get released until 100 AD, 100 years after Jesus. So the early Christians 
were completely driven by this moment of Jesus' teachings of what they heard as well as his, or his resurrection. Okay? That's, for the most part, what they were basing their faith on. So this very famous uh, uh, physician during the time named Claudius Galenus was, um, he was, uh, during the time you were not able to, or you're not allowed to examine dead bodies. You could only examine living bodies or dying bodies. So if a Christian was being tortured, they could go and examine them and, and identify what are some things that are going on so we can learn clinically how to treat them better, etc. So they would, they would regu regularly go in and visit these, uh, these, these dying Christians. And this is what he said in many of his writings and his journaling. Claudius Galenus mentioned Christians many times. And he said this, For fearlessness of death and the hereafter is something we witness in them every day. For fearlessness of death, he's talking about the early Christians. Fearlessness of death and the hereafter is something we witness in them every day. Every day, they were not afraid of what to step into next. It was the fearlessness that caught the attention of the Roman Empire. Everyone fears. Everyone fears. And this is what Jesus is saying, except for those who believe in a risen Savior. Amen? This is the early church. This is our legacy. I know I don't feel like this many times, that I feel this fearlessness of death. I feel like there's a many forces, even a snake, dark heights, plains, that the early church believed so much and, 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 and saw Christ literally raise, rose from the dead, had lunch with him afterwards, because remember, he walked the earth a little bit after, and saw that with their eyes, and that's what spread throughout the Roman Empire. And that fearlessness is something that they saw every single day. Every day. Fear not. Fear not. I'm going to close. So you're either in a storm. I know a lot of you are in a storm right now. You're on, you're on the Sea of Galilee, and maybe it's calm, or some of you are, are in that storm right now. Some of you maybe just came out of a storm. Um, and unfortunately, not to bust your bubble, but some of you are about to go into a storm. We know it's going to happen, right? Can anybody deny, especially as you get older, that you're going to face a storm eventually? Um, the goal of life, just like the early Christians, is not to coast through and have nothing ever bad happen. The, um, do you remember back to the story when I was on Lake McConaughey? Well, my friend Chris was with, in the boat with me, and this is his first time at Lake McConaughey. And I don't think he knew what he was getting into when I was like, let's get in the boat and we'll go dock it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, these waves are crashing everywhere. And I look at him, and it, it's, it's, pretty, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty terrifying experience. And I looked at him, and uh, I could tell he was getting nervous. And I asked him, I just looked at him and I said, are you scared right now? Because he just had that look like he was, I needed him because you kind of need a second, I don't know what the second guy in a boat's called. First mate, I knew that. No, I didn't, I forgot. But I needed him to help me guide the boat onto the trailer that my dad was bringing down. And I saw him starting to panic and I said, are you scared? And he said, yeah, I'm getting pretty worried. And I could, I could, I could understand it. And I looked at him and I said, don't be afraid. I said, don't be afraid. I said, we're going to be just fine. I said, we're going to be just fine. But you know why I said that? Number one, I know how to swim. It's a pretty good uh, skill to have. Number two, I've been on the water a lot in my life. 
I've been at McConaughey a hundred times probably. Um, you guys are like, you need to do something else, get a life. <laughs> and I've been on this boat in this exact situation before, many times. So it wasn't my first merry-go-round of being in this situation. And uh, so I could say to him with all the confidence in the world, fear not, don't be afraid. We got this. Now, I don't know if he can swim. I sure hope he can. But I knew that I could swim. I've been on the water a lot, and I've been in the situation before. And do you know why Jesus, in, the, in that moment, on the Sea of Galilee, could tell his disciples, fear not? He knows how to swim. He knows how to swim. He's been on the water a lot. He's, he literally walked on water. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't have to swim. And he's been in the same situation that the disciples were scared of in that moment. And you've got to remember that these disciples are not like rookies. They're fishermen. So this is not some trivial little little like storm that some rookies are out there and they're freaking out and saying we're going to drown but God is telling them fear not you don't need to be afraid are you guys getting this you don't need to be afraid in that moment think of some of the things you fear most right now for some of you it's not snakes I don't think you're scared in this moment of snakes but maybe it's uh, losing a child, or maybe it's losing another child. Maybe you're fearful of financial situation going on, or marriage, fear of dying, your health, the health of someone you love. Maybe it's fear of the unknown, or maybe it's the fear of going over to the other side. What is that that you fear most? Your boat, the waves coming over the boat right now, can I just challenge you in this invitation of the, the name of the sermon to fear not? There's a difference between being concerned and aware of the situation, but I want you to not fear the waves coming over. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Amen. I'm going to pray. You guys can close your eyes. And I'm just going to do this... Um, we're going to stand in a moment, but uh, I'm going to pray. Thank you, God, for preserving the eyewitness of accounts of those that heard from you. This is a story written by the disciple, by Matthew and Mark, about what they observed, what they experienced in that moment with you, of not only when you calmed the storm, but when you walked on water. And the, the point of that wasn't just to demonstrate the miracle, but out of it was, why are you afraid? Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. The disciples, they didn't have this beautiful New Testament yet that we have. And this is the, uh, the resurrected life changed everything for them, God. Let us answer your invitation this morning to trust and not fear the things in this world. It doesn't mean that all fear is absent from our life, but let our theology, our understanding be precise and fear the one who shapes our soul. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and let us remember to fear not. I thank you for Sandra being here, um, for sharing her, sharing her story. And um, God, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for teaching us. Can you guys stand with me?
as we say this prayer one more time. Maybe it has a different context now, a little bit different perspective. Say this again with me, this last scripture. Holy Spirit, let's start again. Holy Spirit, fill me to the depths with a heavenly calm. Flood my soul with your presence. Let me rest in knowing that you, God, are here and in control. No danger can touch me. There's nowhere I can go that you are not there already. Teach me how to trust in you completely. Amen. 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 Thank you, Hill City Church. Um, next week, we're going to be, uh, Pastor John O will be uh, resuming uh, our journey on the, um, see, it doesn't look so nice, man. That's what it's like. And I just want um, to trust in, in God that to, to calm the storm. But uh, Pastor John will be back next week to continue in our journey of the book of Mark. Uh, so I hope you guys have a great week. And uh, if there's anybody who needs prayer, uh, anybody from any of our leaders, or you'd like to, to come up and learn more about us, um, let me know. So thank you. God bless you. Have a great week.